Hello my friend, I am Manuel Avila and this is Spirituality and Science. We have discussed how human beings have a fascination for conspiracy theories, stories of fear that we create to alleviate a bit the anxiety of not being able to know with certainty the intentions of those who control power. Some of these stories are based at least in part on true events to which creative people at touches of fantasy and drama. Others are completely invented myths, but in any case, the price for that delusion of having revealed the deepest secrets is very high because fantasy is confused with reality and we have no way of distinguishing the true conspiracies that keep us enslaved. It is a bit the story of the lion shepherd, So many times does the shepherd announce a wolf that does not exist, that when the real wolf shows up, nobody believes him. Well, this is what is happening today. While people are distracted trying to explain that the earth is not flat, that vaccines do not cause autism, or trying to see if celebrities make Illuminati symbols or become reptiles, they continue like lambs to the slaughterhouse of real manipulation. The promise I made to you was to continue unveiling the true matrix and today we are going to talk about the most powerful manipulation tool that they have, the internet. I grew up in a poor neighborhood in Bogota, Colombia in the 80s. Back then and in such environment, safety was a main concern for citizens in general but parents in particular. The risks were out in the streets, near schools and road crossings, so it just took a bit of common sense to establish safety rules. Do not talk to strangers, be mindful of traffic lights, walk fast and look back frequently and put a reinforced steel lock in your door. The risks in connected life are not so easy to understand. Assess our counterattack. I have repeatedly heard things like I do not have anything to hide, so I don't care for online privacy or I don't buy anything online so I am safe. Both assertions reflect the main issue that cybersecurity entails across the board. We don't understand the risks and we buy the false sense of safety that standard measures like having an antivirus or keeping a long password provide. Another fact of the internet is that it has democratized crime. Back in the 80s, I had to survive risk that no child growing in a suburb of Toronto could even fathom. Today, however, both rich and poor have the same risks when going about their business on the internet. In fact, people from wealthy countries have higher risks of suffering online scamming, theft or manipulation since criminals focus their efforts where they can produce more profit. Thanks to the awareness programs carried out by educational institutions, enterprises, and other organizations, there is a relative high awareness of the most prevalent types of cybercrime. One example of this is phishing, which encompasses the tactics used to lure victims into providing their private data by attracting them to a fake copy of a financial institution login page, for example. Another well-known modern danger is ransomware, 
which enables a criminal to lock down all the data stored in the victim's computer until a ransom is paid. Other risks, however, are hard to pinpoint and even harder to get protected from. Non-financial risks tend to be overlooked and or dismissed both by users and organizations. Naked photos leaking is one of the most famous entries in this category of cybercrime. The measures that must be taken to avoid it have been widely discussed in the media, being the most effective of them to just avoid storing and sharing any private photos and videos. However, when it comes to online privacy, there's a lot more in jeopardy than just intimate photos. In 2019, Carol Catwaller was a finalist for the 2019 Pulitzer Prize for reporting on how Facebook and other tech firms allowed the spread of misinformation and failed to protect consum consumer privacy, leading to Cambridge Analytica's theft of 50 million people's private information, data that was then used to boost Donald Trump's campaign. This was taken from Pulitzer.org. Thanks to her research and her teams, the world came to the realization that we live in a world where we might no longer be the sole owners of our decisions. To be fair, mediatic manipulation of masses has always been present in, in some form of political propaganda, for example, indoctrination, and maybe even the use of subliminal imagery hidden in graphic adverts. However, never before were there such powerful and cheap tools to directly influence the public that at an individual level. In the past, marketing professionals had to segment their public by geography, demographic, gender, age, and maybe a couple of additional variables and direct multimillionaire media campaigns to those segments. Today, thanks to social networks, and the very long trail of breadcrumbs that we all leave behind when we browse the internet, companies can be so specific that they can target individuals with a high potential of becoming a client or a user or a voter. The research by Carol Cadwaller for The Guardian showed that the British political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica used advanced data analysis Um, to process, model, and profile data from more than 50 million Facebook accounts. They were able to identify the Facebook users more likely to be convinced to vote for Donald Trump in the 2016 USA elections and to vote leave in the 2017 Brexit referendum. Those users were strategically targeted with posts, not ads, posts, which highlighted usually via fake news, the dangers of electing Hillary Clinton or staying in the EU in the case of Brexit. People whose Facebook posts show discomfort or concern for immigration would be hit by scary stories of criminal immigrants or fake news about funds being withdrawn from retirees to be given to immigrants, unaware of the possibility of being individually targeted due to their old Facebook posts, most victims of this ruse would have believed the stories were real and pushed aside their concerns about Trump or Brexit and just decided to vote accordingly. Cambridge Analytica 
was ultimately forced to close operation on May 2018. But the technology they use cannot just be shut down. Furthermore, their technology itself cannot be made illegal. Just like knife cannot be made illegal even though they're sometimes used as weapons. This means that we all must be aware of what criminals can do and take action to protect ourselves. I'm going to describe a hypothetical yet plausible scenario for your consideration. XYZ Pharmaceuticals has gotten approval for their new anti-anxiety medicine in the country ABC. They know anxiety is a growing problem in that country, especially among middle-aged professionals, particularly those with kids and economic distress. So the company hires CA2 advanced consultants and they promise to increase the awareness of mental health so that the target population in ABC are more likely to visit the psychiatrist and get medicated. XYZ's intentions are not evil. However, having signed a profit-sharing contract, CA2, the advertising agency, decides to go beyond uh, just an awareness campaign. They create a campaign that targets individuals with high chances of developing anxiety and bombards them with real and fake news of imminent dangers for their health, um, their child's safety, economic failure, etc. People who innocently share their concerns for the world's future, the ongoing pandemic or a possible sexual offender near their home, uh, who incidentally were about 40 years old and recently had searched for anxiety-related keywords on Google, would become the perfect target for the quote-unquote campaign. Since you have made it this far, I will assume that by now you understand the huge deal that it is to protect your privacy. While there is not a single product or action that you can use to be 100% protected, I will share some specific strategies that will help you lay low before the target hunters and stay reasonably safe while going about your online life. First one is just stop posting and liking on Facebook. I will put it bluntly. Facebook is a data hog. It lives and thrives by collecting and selling your data with little regard of your best interest. Every time you post anything, you are giving away a piece of your mind. No matter how trivial your post is, it shows what kind of humor you like, what politicians you dislike, what brands you're fond of, etc. Every time you like anything, you are teaching Facebook and Facebook clients what kind of things you like and which you don't. Yes, Facebook can infer what you don't like from your scrolling habits. The only way of being safe here is not posting anything. You can still use Facebook to entertain yourself reading posts, although Facebook learns your interest by measuring the time you spend reading certain posts. You can also use relatively safely Facebook Messenger, although you must be aware that conversation there will also be scanned to find meaningful keys to your mind and your pocket. Second advice is stop using Google for personal searches. In general, I do trust Google better than Facebook. Over the years uh, that Google has been in business, it has not been involved in as many scandals as Facebook. However, 
I believe that their search service is the most dangerous to trust on for a couple of reasons. The first is that whatever you enter there is directly used to sell ads. And second, you are much more likely to be honest to Google than Facebook because you think your searches are private. For this reason, I never use Google for searching any of the following especially. Intimate questions, questions about sex, feelings, fears, medical queries, political interests, purchasing decisions. And this is easy to understand because, you know, after you search something that you want to buy, you will surely get bombarded with ads of that very thing. Also, don't search for personal decisions like marriage, adoption, quitting your job, etc. I am aware that this list leaves most of your searches out. And for that reason, Google is never my first go-to site for searches. Instead, I use DuckDuckGo for everyday searches. And I leave Google just for the highly specialized searches when the results are very hard to find. And then you have to Google it. DuckDuckGo has a strict policy of uh, protection of your data and does not prof profit from your data. However, what is probably most important is that since the rest of your life is already probably in Google, through Google Maps, Google Photos, uh, Android, or Gmail, then it is safe just to leave the puzzle without some key pieces. So for that reason, it is, I think, easier to leave the Google search altogether. Now, another uh, option that you can consider is to use a privacy browser. Another habit change, mind you, easier than the previous two, is to stop using Google Chrome and move to, for example, Brave Browser, which is relatively unknown, based, uh, but it's a browser based on Chrome, which means that the extensions that you might use on Chrome would work there. The great difference is that Brave does not that does not track your online browsing, does not sell your data and blocks ads right up the box. Um, recently, I've also been using Microsoft browser uh, Edge, which also has very nice uh, privacy protection features. But then again, it's Microsoft, so you, you can choose if you want to trust them uh, a little bit of, of your digital life. But there's something more important. It is don't fall in the ecosystem trap. One of the most successful corporate strategies that the big tech has come up with is to put you in an ecosystem where you feel cozy and spoiled. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Microsoft, all of them have created virtual cities where you can do everything you need to do online. But you can do that faster and easier if you just don't live. For example, Apple is probably the most successful uh, in applying this concept, both on the flip and the downside. Apple and Microsoft have um, are, are two of the companies in this list that do not sell your personal data. Uh, so you can choose to trust them a little more than the others. But all the others, for all the others, you are not the client, you are the product. For this reason, my approach to these ecosystems is just to diversify as much as I can. If you're already trapped in Apple's magic kingdom, your information is probably safe because they don't sell it. But your future budget may not be as safe. Microsoft don't really have a very comprehensive ecosystem, but 
see all the other tech giants as necessary evil. Trust them to the bare minimal and if possible, use only one or two of their services. I personally left WhatsApp and Facebook, but stayed in Instagram. My mobile experience belongs to Google, but as I said, I don't use their searcher, searches nor their browser. Then another advice is be careful with your smart devices. We live in a time where everything seems to profit from being quote-unquote intelligent, from electrical plugs and bulbs to vacuums, doorbells, TVs, stereos, and pretty much everything that uses electrical power can be smart today. I will not enter the discussion of what devices really benefit of or not from being smart. What I want to focus on is how incredibly insecure many of those devices are. News have reported that uh, this issue of hackers gaining access to Amazon Ring's doorbell cameras, stealing network credentials and using the recorded bit of footage. Smart cameras are particularly sensitive if you set them, set them up to record the inside of your home. However, any smart device in your home is in risk of being attacked by hackers, since those devices often store your home network's password and it is usually unencrypted. The real risk is that the attacker can get access to your internal network through that device and then steal your personal data, you know, control other devices, etc. The recommendation here is to stick to trustworthy brands, keep your devices software updated, and if possible, do not connect them directly to your home router. Instead, you can buy a cheap Wi-Fi router, uh, with, set it up with a different password and hook it up to your, you know, hook all your smart devices to that one. This creates an extra security layer and isolates the smart device in a separate network without access to the rest of your devices at home. In my home, uh, for example, I have a small router for this, which uh, also added the ability of sending all my smart devices traffic through a VPN, which leads me to the next advice, which is use a VPN. And I know I'm getting technical here and this doesn't sound like the content of a spirituality website, but it is really important that we learn to protect ourselves uh, in the internet. So VPNs are services uh, called virtual private networks that encrypt the internet traffic from your device to the internet so it cannot be sniffed or hijacked on his on its way it also prevents attackers to identify the source of the traffic sounds great but vpn services are not without their risks since your traffic is routed by the vpn provider servers any breach in those servers may compromise your data nevertheless vpn provide an extra layer of privacy if you don't want to be identified with while you're browsing the internet. Well, one of the use cases for this is if you want to research sensitive topics and you don't want to be tracked and identified, for example, if you want to do a, an intimate or political search or health related, for example. As I mentioned, I also use a VPN to route all the traffic coming from my smart devices. This way, a hacker sitting in front of my home uh, will not see the traffic from the cameras, smart plugs, or anything, but just an en encrypted stream of data. There are many VPN services, but the one I use is just is called NordVPN. It's just one of the many that exist, just because they had a special deal when I got it. But 
Keep in mind that your VPN will only protect your privacy if you use it alongside additional measures like strong passwords, two-factor authentication, anti-tracking browsers, just like the one I recommended, and avoid posting your personal data on the internet. As you can see, protecting your privacy online may be complex and cannot be achieved by just purchasing just one product or service. Instead, it requires you to be educated on the risks and stratagems that server criminals use to steal your data. By understanding how the value chain of privacy exploiting works, gives you a perspective from which it is easier to assess your actions and judge the risk level. The list made um, is limited to my personal research and cyber protection strategies at the time I wrote this article a year ago or so. However, the technology evolves every day and with it, the threats that lurk beneath. So it should be an exercise of cyber safety to keep up with the news of privacy subjects, especially breaches and incidents. Just like we were told that a big pandemic would hit us sometime in the first half of the 21st century, consider yourself advised. We will see another Cambridge Analytica-like scandal sometime in the next 10 years, even sooner than that. So be prepared. Have a good journey and a nice breeze.